Like I mentioned, today is going to be a little different. Twice a year, we like to have a, a members meeting, we call it. We typically have a shortened service, take a break, and then have an entirely separate members meeting. It was pointed out to us wisely that if we did that today, now that we're meeting in the afternoon, we're going to be really pushing into the evening quite a ways that may not bless everyone. I certainly know it uh, pushes dinner back and all those things, so we thought we would combine Sunday service and members meeting a bit. That means um, it's a little bit different service for us. If you're not a member, however, you are welcome to stay. We're glad you're here. Please stay. Please stay. We'd love to have you sit in and I hope get a, get a glimpse of Grace Church, learn more about us. Uh, we are glad you're here, so sit back and relax. Even though it says members meeting, that includes everybody. We're very, very glad you're here. I'd like to begin where we began this fall. And so Thomas is going to come and read to us. You can open in your Bibles, if you have one, to Ephesians chapter 2. And you're going to want one of these handouts. Do we have more handouts? Okay. Does anyone need a handout? They were in the bulletin when you walked in. Um, just put your hand up if you would. You didn't get a handout because you, that'll help you kind of follow along with a lot that we're going to cover. So if you don't mind, keep your hands up and a handout will find its way to you. Meanwhile, let me pray briefly and then Thomas is going to read our sermon passage, our brief sermonette <laughs> in Ephesians chapter 2. Father, thank you for all the good things you're doing in our midst. They are, we acknowledge, your work to your glory alone. We declare there is only one name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. It is not the name of Grace Church or any of our names. So may you be exalted and may your people here be built up, we ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, so today we're going to read from Ephesians 2, verses 19 through 22. Uh, it says, So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Thank you, Thomas. So apropos with the hymn we just sang, we kicked off our ministry year last September with that passage and a, a story about a guy named Joshua Bell. I thought I would revisit that story here initially. Joshua Bell is a world-class violinist who one morning set up in the Washington, D.C. metro station, a metro station, the subway station there in Washington, D.C., as a street musician, he put his violin case out open before him and began to play. True story. And countless people just streamed past him. The commuters on their way to work walked by. A few people, a few people threw him a quarter into his open violin case. One lady stopped and recognized who he was, for she had seen him in concert a few weeks earlier at the Library of Congress. She she says she stopped, not sure what was happening, but she wasn't going to miss it. I love that story because it illustrates a truth, I think, about 
the church of Jesus Christ. You see, with Joshua Bell that day in that experiment that was set up, with Joshua Bell, the extraordinary, you might say, was hidden in the ordinary. The extraordinary, this world-class musician, was hidden in the ordinary. And when it comes to the church, and even this church, I submit to you the same is true. We are, no surprise to you, very ordinary. We are an ordinary people, ordinary group of people. We have ordinary pastors. We have ordinary home groups, small groups. We have ordinary Sunday services. You name it, you name it, and Grace Church is rather ordinary. However, friends, however, there is the extraordinary hidden in the ordinary here. And this passage helps us see that. This passage helps us realize the extraordinary is all around us right now, hidden in our ordinary congregation. I love how John Stott comments on this passage. Just take this in. He writes, it would be hard, hard to exaggerate the grandeur of this vision. The new society God has brought into being is nothing short of a new creation, a new human race. Is that how you think of us, those around you? A new human race whose characteristic is no longer alienation, but reconciliation. No longer division and hostility, but unity and peace. Listen, this new society, God rules and loves and lives in. Friends, that applies by extension to Grace Church. That applies to you and me right here. It is hard to exaggerate the grandeur of the biblical vision of the church of Jesus Christ. So I hope here briefly you would use that passage as a lens, a lens to be refreshed, a lens to be encouraged, a lens to see three things in particular. To first see that the church and this church is made up of people with a new status, a brand new status in God. Verse 19, if you can actually put that passage back up on the screen for me, please. Thank you so much. Verse 19 says, So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, you largely Gentile, non-Jewish audience of believers, no longer strangers, no longer aliens, but now are fellow citizens with the saints. And notice, members, members of the household of God, members of the same family. Isn't that wonderful? We are very different people, even right here. Different situations, different seasons of life, very different preferences on many things. And yet, we find here, we share this same new status in Christ. No longer strangers and aliens, now fellow citizens. And listen, members of the same family members of God's family together. The extraordinary is hidden right here in the ordinary. We have a new status. Secondly, we have, or we were built rather, built on a new foundation. Verse 20, we are built on a new foundation. We are built on the foundation, it says, of the apostles 
and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. And I believe the best understanding there are prophets being New Testament prophets. So it's apostles and prophets. It's, it's people who spoke truth from God about Jesus Christ in particular, for he is the cornerstone of the entire foundation. In other words, we are built on the apostolic gospel. We are built on the apostolic good news. That is why we are unashamedly gospel-centered, unashamedly Jesus-centered. We call ourselves a gospel-centered community on a gospel-centered mission because we have this new foundation together. And with this new status and new foundation, we have thirdly a new purpose. Verse 21, a new purpose. Notice, in whom, in Christ, the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple. A holy temple in the Lord. In Him, you also, Grace Church, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. This new purpose is really a reversal of the tragedy of Eden. In Eden, the first humans, Adam and Eve, were, were expelled from God's immediate presence to bless. See, God is everywhere equally present. He is omnipresent. But Adam and Eve were expelled from the immediate presence of God, you might say, the immediate presence of God to bless in that garden. And yet God is restoring, recovering, if you will, a people dwelling in in His presence, and He in them. For you see that in the tabernacle, then you see that in the temple of Israel, and then the true temple came on the scene. Our Savior. The true meeting place with God. And we, His people, are said to be His temple as well. God dwelling within us. A new purpose. Are you beginning to see the grandeur of this vision? The extraordinary, friends, the extraordinary is hidden in the ordinary right here. You and me. New status, new foundation, a new purpose. Now that was an entire sermon in September. You might say, Tab, couldn't you have just done that in September? <laughs> Five minutes. That was an entire sermon. And that kicked off an entire series that we did last fall about a, a vision for the church. And so what I'm trying to do is just renew our vision a little bit. Just remind us of where we've been, because I forget, we forget. Remind us of where we've been and give you some updates on what's happening along the way. So now I'm going to pick up with this handout, all right? Now I'm going to use this handout, pages one and two in particular, to hopefully remind you of what's going on, remind you of the extraordinary God at work in us ordinary people, and update you on a few things. So first, some current emphases, where we've been, what we're doing, current emphases. Well, we have been prioritizing our Sunday services because this is our most important ministry context, friends. Many things we do that are important, but this this gathering right now is the most important ministry context. And so we have 
sought to teach on that. We preached and equipped on the doctrine of the church, just like we talked about, the purposes of the church, the sacraments of the church, even the future of the church. And then we've covered other, other important things like the incarnation, the enfleshment of Jesus Christ, God come in the flesh, as we covered the prologue of John's gospel. We applied the important ethical or reality theological category of the image of God and man to important ethical issues like abortion and racism. We also talked about outreach. And we're back in the book of Genesis. Why are we in Genesis? Many things we could say there, but I think the simplest way to say it might be we want the first four words of the Bible, the first four words of Genesis to shape the entirety of our lives in the beginning, God. The book of Genesis exists that we would know there is a sovereign creator who has saving purposes for humanity. And so we are, we are seeing him and seeing his promises. And I hope our trust in him increasing all the more. We'll be in Genesis pretty much through the summer with a break here for Easter coming up. Those are the extraordinary truths we've been extolling and applying. We've also sought to strengthen our corporate worship practices because this context is so important. This is a, this is a unique part of our week when we experience something of that new purpose in a distinct way. All of life is worship. All of life is about God. But we gather, we gather for 90 minutes on a Sunday, usually a Sunday morning. To be, as Peter says, like living stones built into this temple where God dwells by his spirit. Here on Sundays, the living stones gather tangibly. The living stones gather. And I hope you experience something of that, God's reality, as we behold his truth and respond to who he is together as we've been prioritizing these times. What have we done then? We've, we've revised our practice of the Lord's Supper. Thank you for the many folks who've been encouraged about that. We, we took a lengthy time to walk through that process, and we hope that's been ministering to you. We have also been employing more regularly some of the historic Protestant worship elements like a corporate confession and some of the historic creeds. I think those confessions help us to just apply the gospel, right? Remind ourselves of our need of grace and rejoice in that grace all the more. Those creeds help us to remember there's objective truth that we're all about, that sure foundation in Christ. Those are some of the ways we've been prioritizing Sunday. Here are some other initiatives, though. We have sought to improve connection, you might say. We've sought to improve the connectedness of our body. One significant way we've done that is through these monthly family lunches. Um, it'll be a family dinner next week. Um, but these monthly family lunches, we'll have one, again, like I said, coming up very soon. Because we are people with a new status, but it's so easy to live our lives separated. It's so easy to live our lives unconnected. And so the Shalins brought us this idea last 
summer, I think it was, it might have been in the springtime, to help us connect more as a family and to celebrate more as a family. And, and thank you for, for doing this together. Thank you to Shalins, Jane Richards, Margie Padelford, and others I know helping to put those on. They've been a great, great blessing. Also, we're trying to help guests connect better with us. And so we've had, we've had A, we plan to have more, Connect Coffee. They, they're on hiatus because of the building change, but we'll, we'll go back to these. A regular Connect Coffee, we're calling it, where guests or newcomers can come and meet some of our leaders, hear more about our church. The idea is just connecting people, helping people have a pathway in we also have, of course, our Discovering Grace Church going on, Discovering Grace Church class going on. A new one's beginning soon, in just a few weeks. And we welcome new members next week. We just had a great, great class that uh, we're going to celebrate with next week. So look forward to that, as well as our home groups and other events help us to connect. But what's the purpose? We have this new status. We connect together. We do so that we might grow as disciples. And so we've sought to strengthen discipleship in this current ministry year. We have a, a mission statement. We believe it's derived from Jesus' mission he's given to us in the Great Commission. We put it like this, that our mission is to make and grow disciples of Jesus in our church, city, and world. Make and grow followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus in our church, city, and world. Now, we are called to make new disciples. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. But part of that is growing current followers of Jesus Christ, which we call oftentimes discipleship. Jesus put it like this. He said, go make disciples, teaching them, all, teaching them to obey all I've commanded you. Teaching them to obey all I've commanded you. Now, I don't know about your life, but in my life, I'm still in process in the obeying all he's commanded. It's a lifelong journey of discipleship, isn't it? And so we want to keep being disciples who are making disciples. Followers who are spurring each other on. We do that especially, you might say, in our home groups. I consider our home groups kind of the, the ministry backbone of the church. The key core context where we spur each other on and care for each other. So please continue to make that an important piece there. I didn't put this in your outline, but we have we have amped up a bit home group leader support and equipping through the leadership of Joshua Morgan. Joshua is serving the kids right now, but Joshua's really helped us, led us forward in connecting better with each of our home groups, supporting our home group leaders better, and equipping our home group leaders. And so I thank him for that. We are seeking to prioritize that. He also is helping us take steps forward in doctrinal equipping, taught a class you might recall in the fall on the doctrine of God. We hope to roll out more. And by way of reminder, some really good context for men and women. There are men's and women's Bible studies. Daryl Gish came to us with a great idea to launch a group on biblical manhood. Thank you, Daryl, for that. And the ladies have also been having some periodic events and have a two-day retreat coming up in just a couple weeks. Yeah, I know, that's exciting. Thank you, Sharon Farrington and the team of ladies who are doing that and putting that on. We've been praying for your time and trust, ladies, you'll be refreshed and encouraged. But 
I mentioned we are not just growing current disciples, as important as that is. We are called to make new disciples also. And so we are also seeking to further our mission. We are seeking to further our outward gospel mission. Missiologist Ed Stetzer puts it like this. He said, the church, the church is God's plan A for advancing his mission in the world. Did you catch that? The church, and that includes us, the church is God's plan A for advancing his mission in the world. There is no plan B, he says. I think that's right. Friends, this is part of our calling, not just to grow current disciples, as important as that is, but to look outside ourselves in our neighborhoods, workplaces, campuses, and classrooms, and see people all around us who may yet know the love of God for them expressed in Jesus Christ. We want to tell them and welcome Him. So, so we want to be a people with this upward orientation all about His praise. We want to be a people with this kind of inward orientation, building community, growing as disciples, making disciples. But we want to have this outward orientation as well. And I want to give you a, an illustration of that to, to encourage you to build your faith. So Yumiko is going to come and share a brief testimony about God using her in that mission. Can we welcome Yumiko as she comes? Come on up, Yumiko. Thank you so much for sharing. Yes. And do you know in the Bible, Jesus spoke the parable of the four sins. My husband and I are praying for God's word, the seed, to be planted in good soil of people's heart. Where is a good soil? But of course, prayer, love, and patience cultivates good soil. Jessica. Eddie and Jerry's daughter met an Asian woman on the street, then asked me if all three of us could meet together. After Jessica gave her John's Gospel in English, I was thinking and praying in my heart that it would be nice to speak directly in Japanese with her. I asked politely, May I have some time to explain the Bible with you in Japanese? She said, yes, please. She wanted to understand what Jessica said. I invited her to have lunch at my home and build our friendship with the conversation turning to share the gospel in Japanese culture. During our meeting, I realized I don't want to lose the, this soul. What's a good opportunity? Then I asked her, would you be interested to continue studying the Bible? Again, she said, oh, yes, please. So she began coming regularly for lunch and Bible study at my house, where we wouldn't be interrupted and had plenty of time to talk. She is always zealous to listen and write 
what I shared from God's word. I felt Jesus, Jesus was pleased while watching over us as we studied, heard, and were together. <clears throat> Eventually, I felt it important for her to recognize her sin, but there is a salvation to show she is loved by God. She listened to what I said, but was not at all ready to accept Jesus personally. When she would come to my house, before I opened the door, I prayed, God, please open her heart today. But so many times after our study, she would thank me and go home, and would be disappointed. I would try to stay encouraged, never give up, and not despair. I prayed many times, Holy Spirit, please help me. If this is only academic learning, it is of no use to her. Please open her heart. So in life, unexpected changes come. Her husband was restationed to Florida, and she would need to move soon, September 10th last year. The day of our last meeting had come. I prayed anxiously, Holy Spirit, please open her heart, and asked her, won't you accept Jesus Christ in your heart? She said, yes. And in our prayer, she said yes to God by saying she believed in Jesus as God and accepted him personally. This was a bold step, and she would need to be brave and courageous. When she went to home, she told her husband, I became a Christian. Her husband used to say, I'm not interested in Christianity, but became curious over time after, she, after seeing his wife intently studying the Bible. Coincidentally, her husband just received the purpose-driven life by Rick Warren from a friend. And that night, she told me, Luke 15.10 says, In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Will this happen for me too? I said, yes, God accepts you as his child, and your name is written in heaven. And then this is our sister in the Lord, Ms. Ho. And Mizuho was baptized this month, March 10th, this, uh, March 10th, in her Jacksonville church. Thank you. Uh, Yumiko, you sent me this picture, though. Can you explain what, what we're looking at here? It says, uh, <laughs> actually, she took me to there. She really wanted to go there with me, but I didn't want to oh. because it takes a long time. But she loves to go. Oh. And I said, okay, let's go. Nice. And she was so happy. And then I'm happy. I no. was happy too. Yeah. I don't know where it is. Maybe. Is that her on this, the left there? Yes, left. Oh, there. how exciting. Yeah. Thank, Thank you so you much for sharing, Yumiko. Thank you. Thank you.
I love that story for two reasons, for many reasons, but two come to my mind immediately. Number one, it reminds us that God wants to use us, friends. He wants to use us, ordinary people, in such an extraordinary way, and he wants to use us together. It was Eddie and Jerry Verhayden's daughter, Jessica, who meets another lady, Japanese-speaking lady, and then Jessica connects her with Yumiko and the rest you just heard. God wants to use us, friends, and he wants to use us together. What does that look like here? Well, here's how we've been trying to further our mission. As you're aware, our deacons of mission, our outstanding deacons of mission, Jerry and Robbie Zeller, have been organizing monthly segments in our Sunday services in which we are highlighting five different expressions of outward gospel ministry. And I think we have a slide for this, which you might, might be a little small for you, but I'll walk you through it here. First, related to the city of Tokyo, we are giving monthly support to a church plant there. Uh, we also provided a Christmas gift that Jerry mentioned recently. We're going to have the, the church planter Seda with us the first weekend in June. We are paying to fly Seda out here and be with us for about four days. And he's going to preach on Sunday. We're going to create context where you can meet Seda and learn a lot more about this exciting church plant that we're helping to support in Tokyo. Secondly, you may be aware we have uh, a relationship with a missionary in Mexico who's reaching out to the Tarahumara people group, the largest unreached people in North America. So a, a wonderful ministry she is doing. We have been supporting her monthly and, if you can see there in parenthesis, car offering. Um, there is a need, she has a need for a car, a new car. And our partners, Reservoir Church in Escondido and Comunidad Cristiana de Otay um, made us aware of this, but it looks like they're not going to be able to help financially, and we want to. We'd like to step in and help as God will enable us. So we're going to schedule an offering, a voluntary offering for you to be able to give toward a, a new vehicle for Jasmine. We believe a, a vehicle can be obtained uh, reasonably and reliably down there. And uh, we will help from our mission budget to, to make that happen. So please pray about that and be aware of that. Third, CAPS, College Area Pregnancy Services, a network of crisis pregnancy centers that we are helping to support. Many of our volunteer, many of our members rather, have been volunteering. Thank you for doing so. Fantastic work you're doing. Um, special offerings we take every year, and we have begun, just about to begin, monthly financial support, small monthly financial support on top of the special offerings because we so believe in their mission. We so believe in what they're doing to minister to women in crisis pregnancies and to see, to see babies spared as well. Now, baby bottles, that's part of the outreach and funding that um, many of you have, the baby bottles, and Tiffany asked me to mention it'd be great if you could get those back to her. So I think you're filling up baby bottles with change, and if you can get those back to Tiffany, she will deliver those to CAPS. Fourth area, ICF is International Christian Fellowship. It's an outreach to international students. A number of our members are going there on a weekly basis, reaching out, 
helping with language skills, and you helped to support some of those international students to go to the Urbana Conference. And fifthly, Bridge of Hope, a ministry in City Heights to inner city and refugee families. We have provided a couple of laptop scholarships for those going off to college. They've been a great blessing, I know. You have helped provide money so that a number of the teens could come on our youth retreat. And every month there is a household goods collection as well, by the way. Things that you're not using anymore, these families could use. Bring them and Eric Lemke will make sure they get down there. So exciting stuff we're bringing to you every month in that regard. You can get involved in any of those ways. I want to hit also at the bottom of that page the course we've been highlighting called Life Explored. You've got an invitation again this week for Life Explored. For seven years now, I believe, we've been accenting how, how God wants to use each one of us as ambassadors. Ambassadors for Christ in our, in our network of relationships, our workplace, campus, classroom, neighborhood. And now we want to give you another tool in your toolbox. It's just a tool. One more tool in your outreach toolbox as ambassadors. And so beginning April 26th, there will be a, a seven-week context, actually in my home, in which you can bring a guest or guests to come. Bring someone who does not yet know Jesus. And I say bring because it would be better if you could come with them, at least first couple nights, ideally. Come with them, and this context will be there for them to understand the Bible's main storyline, process that, ask any question, raise any objection, and see the good news of Jesus Christ as well. I'm very excited about this. I gave you, a, gave you the, the information sheet that I've given before to you on the, the third page here. I won't cover all of that, but uh, if you want more information, that's there. But please use these invitations if you would. We, we've said a great goal would be for each one of us to invite at least one person to life explored. It is hard to have a goal that's lower than one. <laughs> that would be a goal of inviting zero people. And someone pointed out to me, that's not a goal to have. <laughs> so please do consider prayerfully at least one person you might invite. And let's pray that God would do what he did for Yumiko's friend and draw people to himself. So friends, I hope you're seeing and hearing the extraordinary hidden in the ordinary. Ordinary people, ordinary pastors, ordinary ministry contexts, gloriously ordinary church with an extraordinary God, an extraordinary Savior, working on His extraordinary purposes even through you and me. I hope you're encouraged. That's what's been going on. Let me give you a few more updates. Now we're going to pivot to be a little more like a typical member meeting, if you will. So bear with me. These are important items. I mentioned community center update in passing. They think construction will be finished April 12 and will move in April 14th back to Sunday mornings. We think, but it's not guaranteed yet. Uh, we will let you know when we know. We'll definitely be here again at least one more Sunday afternoon. But turn over to page two and let me highlight a few more things. 
First, you'll see elder deacon updates. What's that about? Well, we ask our deacons and our non-staff elders if they would kindly serve a three-year term. That gives them a chance to evaluate later on, do I want to keep on doing this? It says this is not a lifelong commitment you're making. You don't have to commit the rest of your life to do this. Just, if you can, commit three years. And so what happens then is when a three-year term expires, we ask, would you like to be put forward for another three years? And I've got three people here to mention to you that would like to be put forward to the congregation for affirmation for another three-year term to serve in their respective roles. Dan Arthur, Deacon of Sunday Administration, Mindy Colton, Deacon of Community Connection, and Scott Moon, Deacon of Musical Worship. I wonder if we could ask them to stand right now so that we can thank God for them for being even open and desirous of serving again three years. Thank you, you two. Thank you. Mindy's not here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so very much. Oh, they serve us so well. Now, what happens then is we, we want and desire your input. We ask for your affirmation, we call it, whether you can affirm or not affirm these three individuals to another three-year term. And so we do that by formal ballots so that we can clearly hear your voice. And so is Tiffany available? Tiffany is going to now hand out ballots. And if you're not a member here yet, you're welcome to take a ballot, but we can't count your vote. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Um, but members, if you would, can I have one too, Tiffany, please? Thank you so much. If you would take a couple minutes here, we'd like to get your name, please. That way we know you're a member who's voting. And we ask you whether you can affirm or not each of these individuals to their respective roles and certainly give us any feedback you would have. So I'm going to give you a couple minutes or less. If you need a pen, just take your neighbors. Actually, there are pencils in front of you, aren't there? Little pencils on the pew in front of you, so you can grab one of those. And you can kind of fold it over and maybe pass it to the center. How about that? And I believe Tiffany's going to collect those for us, and Tiffany will count them, and I will email you the results. But again, it's just a way for us to clearly hear your voice. We try to do that in a number of ways. This is just one of them. So pass them over to the aisle, if you would. And Tiffany, do you mind picking those up? Okay.
All right, let me keep pressing along. Out of mercy to those serving in children's ministry, especially the nursery, right? All right. Now, those are the folks who wanted to, their, their terms were expiring. They wanted to be brought before you for another term. We had two of our deacons and one elder who did not wish to serve another three-year term at this time, which is completely fine, right? Like I said, these are not lifetime commitments we're asking from people. Circumstances change, priorities change, etc. So Mindy Fenska, who has been a deacon of women's care, helping to mentor various ladies. Dave Poe, who's been a deacon of benevolence. And my good friend Tim Lydell, who's been serving as an elder. They, they did not want to be put forward again for another term, like I said, which is completely fine. We support them in that decision. But even though they desire to serve in other ways, I, I do want you to know their ministry here continues. And we are very, very grateful for how they served and how they will continue to do so. So I think maybe of that group, we only have Tim here with us. Is Mindy Fenska here? Or Dave Poe? All right. Tim, could you be the lonely person to stand up right now? Can we thank God for Tim Lydell? Thank you, my friend, Tim. Tim has served very faithfully and very fruitfully for three years, and I thank you for that. Now, a little bit of process here. That means right now we have four elders installed, and our book of church order, the BCO, stipulates that we should have five members of the board making decisions affecting corporate direction at a given time. We we intentionally wrote a bias for that, a bias for a larger team of at least five. And what our BCO says, that if we don't have five elders, then we, we uh, install a, a leadership team member as an interim step until we're able to raise up more elders. And so that's a process I'm going to email you about on Tuesday, and there's a document that I will email you that you can get today out at the information table. That the idea basically is that we would retain more plural leadership. That's why we wrote this bias into the BCO, because we believe more plural leadership brings more wisdom for the church and more protection for the church as well. And so we will need to identify a leadership team member as an interim step until we can raise up more elders. If you would like to nominate someone to that role, um, use that form that's out there or the, what I will also email to you to give us that nomination and we'll go from there. The whole process is lined out. I'm not going to waste your time here right now because it's all on the sheet at the back and coming to you in an email. Instead, I want to get out of the way so Steve Farrington can come up and give a financial update. So welcome, Steve. Well, thank you. Um, as Tab had said earlier, uh, all of life is worship. And uh, I just want to encourage, uh, as you give to your local church, uh, just I just want to encourage you to, con to continue to think of that as worship, but also if you don't think of that, hopefully it's not just a bill pay that uh, goes with SDG&E and uh, the water bill, but it, it is an act of worship. So just um, 
I want to encourage you on that. And then secondly, I want to thank you for uh, being generous and, and giving to this local church. I mean, it, it is a, an act of worship, and um, it's just when, when you consider a way, when you look at your first fruits and, and, and you give, it's a way of trusting God and worshiping. So anyway, so I just want to encourage you there. And uh, today I want to give a little update too. So as you're giving to the church, we as elders, uh, we want to be faithful, to be uh, good stewards of that giving. And uh, one of the ways we do that is we give a, a biannual um, update. Uh, it'll be a brief update today on just the, uh, an accounting of what, where those funds have, uh, are or, or what, what funds came in and where they went. And uh, at year end, we'll do a, uh, a more detailed one. So just as a reminder, our, uh, this is a six-month review. So when you're looking at these numbers, these are six months, not 12 months. Um, I don't know if we have a slide up there. Maybe we don't. <laughs> um, so if you look at your paper um, in front of you, um, I'll walk you through this. One way is the, the, is the money coming in. So general contributions. Um, and again, the, the first column is the actual amount. The second column is the budget amount. And then there's a third column, which is the variance. So general contributions came in at 147000 the budget was 140, so we have a positive variance there. Uh, special offerings, uh, this year, or this, these first six months, we had two of those. One was for um, the youth retreat and inviting Bridge of Hope uh, scholarships. That was a, a 1,600. And then we also had a, a, a special offering for CAPS, one of our ministry uh, and that was for 28,860. Uh, so the total amount of 4,500, uh, that was actually deployed and given to those special offerings. So thank you for being generous there. And as we uh, periodically have special offerings, we'll, we'll let you know that. Um, then I'm going to go down to expenses. These are kind of the expenses of, of what was spent out of these offerings. Uh, the, the first one is staff salaries and benefits and I, I've kind of we've kind of detailed what the what the what the breakdown of that is and again that's that's for that's for six months not 12 months and uh, it talks about salaries which are two pastors an admin assistant a, 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 a children's ministry lead a youth stipend and the bookkeeper and then it, it explains the, the medical retirement disability and, and dental so that we're, 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 uh, there's a little timing difference there, but we're, we're, uh, we're almost at budget right there. The ministry, and, and one way to look at this too is it, it's all ministries. We have to put it in categories to hopefully be descriptive a little bit, but look at all this expending is, is, is ministry. So it's not just uh, uh, the one that's labeled ministry and outreach. Uh, but we, we have a slightly favorable variance there. We haven't spent what the budget was, so there, there's money still there. I think it's just a timing difference. Facilities, um, we were, pr were pretty much on budget there. It, it, the first six months, it was 19800 at our at where we, we, we are not meeting right now. Uh, and some administrative expenses. And going down to uh, the allocation of strategic mission fund, again, we're, right now we're, we're allocating 2% of our total budget to 
the strategic mission reserve, which is for future church planting and international missions. I think as we are looking at our new uh, next year's uh, projection for our budget, uh, not only do we op uh, want input from you on how, how to, uh, to deploy some of our mission, but we, we were, we're considering moving that up. But when we started the church for the first five years, uh, we were doing 10% of that. We, we lowered it to two, and now we want to get, get that back up. So 2% is going to uh, strategic missions, and then we, we just deploy about um, $600 for benevolence. Um, in case there's ever uh, when when there when there's a need in our in our church family uh, and 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 members come we we have a benevolence fund that that, that can help help them so so I'm going to be brief there um, that that's kind of an, an accounting um, do we want to open up questions or do we okay, let's keep moving um, so anytime you can ask uh, you can ask uh, tab. Yeah, anything you want uh, like that. So thank you very much. We want your questions. We want your input. I'm also aware it's warm and you've been listening for almost an hour. So <laughs> one last update and then we're going to close together by praying. And that would be... Affiliation update, as you see in your outline. There's a lot there, and I'd kind of like just to read through most of this because that's well, important. We believe in the Christian life that it's vital that men and women are walking together in community. That none of us are islands unto ourselves, spiritually speaking, and and that's analogous for how we see local churches interacting in the New Testament. We see Real partnership, real relationship happening between churches in the New Testament, something that we're calling affiliation. Now, think first, though, in this category between formal and informal. Formal and informal. We have informal relationships with a number of like-minded churches in our area, and we're very grateful for that. Helix Bible Church would be one of those. We've had Brian Hendry preach at least on two occasions. I've known Brian for quite a while now. When our need came up, Brian and Helix Bible and Alan there in the back so kindly out of our relationship, our friendship said, come on in. And, and we're so grateful, aren't we? We're so grateful for their kindness this way. This is a good example of one of these informal, local relationships that we want to keep cultivating because they matter to us. We believe we're on the same team together. We're wearing the Jesus jersey together in San Diego. And we love just having these informal kinds of relationships. That's one category. Another category would be what you might call more of a formal relationship. And that's what I'm talking about here, a more formal affiliation. And we've written out kind of a high-level update to remind us of where we've been and what we're doing. Before I walk through that, I just want to speak a little bit pastorally here. As we've gotten feedback from a number of members, which has been very helpful for us, and as we've interacted with members, it, it seems like for, for some, they've had bad experiences with other groups. 
And that's real, and in some cases very, very challenging. And we want to take that seriously. I think what can happen, or at least what we want to avoid happening, is then have a fear about entering into these kinds of more formal relationships. We want to take seriously the difficult experiences. We want to take seriously any concern anyone has. But I want you to understand what we're not seeking to do here as well. We are, we are not seeking to change our DNA as a church through some formal affiliation. We're not seeking to change the church you joined. We're really looking for an affiliation that would strengthen the existing DNA of the church you've joined and I hope the church you love. That's all we're wanting to do. We, we desire partners that would help us in what we're already doing, really, and that we can help them in what they're doing. So think of it that way. We're not seeking to change our DNA. We realize there really isn't a perfect group out there. Uh, we're not a perfect group ourselves, right? We're pretty ordinary with an extraordinary God. Um, we're not seeking to change our DNA, change who we are, but hopefully see God use a strategic partnership to just build on who we are and the DNA that already exists among us. Well, what is that DNA tab? What does that look like? What is our essential DNA? Well, I put here a question. Who are we then? Who are we? Well, we are, here's a high-level summary, a gospel-centered community, a Jesus-centered community with the following distinctives. We say we are reformed in our understanding of salvation, that God is over it all and salvation is to His glory. We are continuationist in our understanding of the Spirit's work. We believe the Holy Spirit's work in the first century continues even to this day. And we are Baptistic in our understanding of the sacraments. We believe um, and we understand people disagree about some of these things. We're not trying to draw battle lines per se, but just try to dis define our emphases. In addition, our polity, our governance is elder-led, we call it, with a significant congregational uh, involvement. Uh, you, you experienced that just a moment ago in, in the ballots you took. We're trying to be elder-led. We think that's biblical with significant congregation, congregational involvement. I like to refer to it as leading with listening. Leading with listening. So that's our polity, our governance. All that means <laughs> that with those distinctives and that polity, it's, um, it's not uh, a wide open field for every possible denomination and affiliation that restricts in ways um, the groups with whom we might be able to partner formally without changing our DNA, which we're not seeking to do. We must think about groups that align with our theological commitments and our, our governance. So if you're wondering why not this group or that group, it might be because of these commitments we already have in place. But why affiliate at all? That's a question we need to keep before us. Well, we desire to be both independent and interdependent. Independent and interdependent, as we see both local church autonomy, we think, and synergistic partnership modeled in Scripture. We think that brings benefits like pastoral equipping, 
doctrinal accountability, mutual care, fellowship between churches, and furtherance of our mission together. So that's what we're seeking to do and, and process. What's happened so far? Well, way back when, we, we presented to you a, an affiliations principles document, and we formed an affiliation committee. And those who have served in that committee, Katie Bjorkman, Dustin Wood, Philip and Emily Narvison, Eric Lemkuhl, and, and initially as well, Ian Frazier. Now, Ian needed to step back. Katie recently moved. And so the affiliation committee has shrunk a little bit, and we'd like to add more members to that. But I'm getting ahead of myself. In light of our theological commitments and our governance, we asked our affiliation committee to survey the landscape and help us think about what groups might align with our existing DNA. And they suggested these three to us that might be possibilities to explore Acts 29, the Sojourn Network, and the Southern Baptist Convention. They also wisely suggested, hey, get feedback from the congregation on those three, which we did. We sent that survey to you. And thank you for responding if you had a chance to do so. And that's where we realized, boy, we're, we're not communicating. I'm not communicating well enough on this. I'm not educating us well enough on this. We have a number of bad experiences in the past out there. And we want to keep before us a faith-filled exploration for what God might have. And this is how we really could use your help to pray for us a faith-filled exploration for what God would have for us as we build on our existing DNA. What does that look like? Well, we are planning three contexts called Coffee Talks where we're going to interact in greater detail exactly about why we're doing this and how we're seeking to pursue it. And as I mentioned, we plan to add more members to the Affiliation Committee to evaluate potential affiliation partners. If you're interested in serving on that committee, let us know about your interest, and we will go from there. I wish we had more time to interact about those things. We're going to create those contexts to do so at length. What I want to do now is just leave us about 10 minutes to pray together. As you can see, there's much to give thanks for. Our extraordinary God is at work in us, ordinary people. And yet we need the Lord. We need Him to lead us. I I want you to think of it like what we saw last week when God called Abram to go outside and look up at the stars and said, count them if you can. It's kind of like that. Behold my power, Abraham, and trust my promises. Grace Church, I want to call us to a similar act of faith as we pray together. God has been at work in us. He's doing good things. Let's not go outside, but pretend you could. <laughs> Look up and see the stars. Behold the power of God with me. And let us trust His promises and trust He's going to continue to work for His glory and our good. So would you take about 10 minutes, use this outline as a prayer list, break down into some small groups of, say, four, five, six people. If you're in one of those groups, maybe you're, you're newer here, you don't want to pray, that's okay. But uh, let's break down some small groups and pray for about 10 minutes, and then we'll come to a close. Okay? Would you do that, please? Some small groups. Let's cry out to God together.
begin to wrap up with your praying. Father, thank you. Though we are most ordinary, you are extraordinary. And you are accomplishing extraordinary things to your glory around the world through your people, the church. And so we say even of this church, hallowed be your name. May your name be regarded as holy here. May you receive all glory here. We pray your kingdom come. Extend your saving sovereign reign in us and through us and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread. Continue to provide. Thank you for doing so. Would you so provide that we would be able to increase our missions investment as Steve mentioned. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Help us to apply the gospel and preserve our unity. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil and the evil one. Protect us, we pray. We need you. We declare all of this is from you, through you, and for you. To you be the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Friends, thank you for your attention. Thanks for working through a bit of a Sunday service slash members meeting. I hope it was helpful. If you have any questions at all, do see me. One of the other elders, we're glad to talk to you about those. Have a great rest of your afternoon. God bless you. Enjoy.